Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to another episode of The Fifth Down with myself, Mitch Hill, alongside with my co-host, Bennett Hughes. Bennett and I are back. We have fixed our audio issues as well. So everyone, thank you for bearing with us in that short period of time. And football is almost here. Basically, we have one more Saturday without college football. And so two more Saturdays until Mizzou's playing. Bennett, your thoughts? Oh man, I uh, I cannot wait. Just been sitting on pins and needles. Um, we got NFL starting too, so I've gotten a little bit of fix of, of the preseason games. But um, yeah, starting here in a week or two, we're locked in until February, baby. Let's go. I cannot wait because baseball is fine and everything, but I'm just kind of getting tired of watching baseball all the time. I would like some football in my life. And I, sure, the Bags Championship on ESPN was fun, but... I need football. That's what I need. I yeah, exactly. I will say though that the cornhole championships. If you didn't check into that, that um, that was some fire content. I, I will say. It was electric. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after last week or last episode, we asked people to review us five stars and leave a question if you wanted to, wanted to answer it on the podcast, and we had someone write in a good question. I thought. Um, it says that it's very clear that Mizzou is a special feeling heading into this season, at least in the minds of Mizzou fans. As we said, I think the coaching staff has done a great job over the last few years setting us up for success this season amidst all the other variables surrounding the program. However, do we think the signing of Kelly Bryant has a trickle-down effect 
of some of the other players not wanting to transfer. If that's the case, do you find this season as an outlier season that is working almost as camouflage for a program with longer term issues? Goes on to say, don't get me wrong, very excited for the season, but it's a good question, I think. I mean, what do you think Kelly Bryan had his impact on the team has been? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely a great, great question. And I think a lot of us who are rational Mizzou fans um, are always going to be cautiously optimistic. Um, but as far as, as camouflage, I'm going to go glass half full here and say it could potentially be a springboard to get our mm-hmm. program to, to levels we haven't reached in a while just because um, – you know, if, if KB is not here this season, I think the goal is just get to, just get to a bowl game, you know, six, seven wins, um, mm-hmm. not, you know, factoring in the bowl band, but you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it had a huge play on, on whether people transferred or not. Um, and you know, say we say just a, a dream season happens, we win double digit wins. Um, I think, just in general, the buzz around the program is going to be the highest it's been since probably the 13-14 season. Um, with it, I think you know the the traction on the recruiting trail already is only going to be heightened. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopes are going to be high going into 2020. Whereas if he's not here, um, you know, just hoping to make another bowl game next year, develop a young QB. So. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. So I think it could be a springboard for the program, especially if you have the season that a lot of fans are expecting, the 9-10 wins, um, kind of the 9-10 win zone, 11, who knows? You know, I mean, weird things can happen. Ball bounces this way, ball bounces that way. But I think that with Kelly here, it did prevent people from transferring. So say Kelly wasn't here and the bull band still came down, which we all assume it still would. Um I do think you see people like an Albert O transferring or um, you start losing some, you see maybe a JJ or someone like that start to transfer because they want some more exposure and everything like that. But I do think the Kelly Bryant, it was a perfect kind of scenario for him to come this year with that bull band kind of coming down because it kind of galvanized the entire team and then the fan base as well, kind of us against the world. And so I think Kelly really did help that. But I don't think that there's a longer-term issue of you're going to lose a lot of players. I mean, Mizzou, with a bowl ban coming in this year, had two people enter the transfer portal, and I think one left. And the other reasons beyond just purely football reasons is why they left. So, I mean, it's it's crazy, honestly. Yeah. Uh, especially for this season in college football, we saw the transfer portal become like the story. Exactly. And and I think, um, you know, the person that wrote in this question, what he was getting at, you know, kind of the, the problems kind of on the on the on the back burner with the program right now, stemming from a couple years ago. Um, I would like to think just just Odom has this program going um, generally mm-hmm. in the in the right direction, um, built up the foundation, got a strong nucleus of, of senior leaders on this team. Um He's developed a good staff around him. Um, it sounds like, you know, there's loyalty there, which I, I think was huge for the Pinkle era. Um, having a consistent staff, guys that had opportunities at other programs that stayed. Um, and just in general, um, recruiting is, is going in the right direction too. So, um, you know, I, I, think, I think the problems, um, the perceived problems are definitely lessening. Um, so... For sure. I think the, I think 
one thing that's certain of any coach or anyone wherever they are is having people around you that you can trust, basically have that trust factor and have your quote, your guys there. Um, and I think Odom has his staff here that he really wants. I mean, there's the O-line coach, the D-line coach, they were both sought after this offseason. They still stayed here because of what Odom's kind of building, what everyone's building here, I think. So I think it bodes well for the future. And just Kelly being here is something that we really ought to notice and really appreciate. Kind of on that same that same uh, side of the coin, basically, is the exposure Kelly's bringing. But also, I'm sure everyone has seen it, kind of that the barstool kind of inside Mizzou football training camp that was been going on. And that did bring some good exposure, I thought, to Mizzou. I mean, say people can have their issues with Barstool, whatever that might be. However, you can't deny the fact that that is some exposure that Mizzou was not going to get without one, Kelly, and then two. I mean, Barstool is a massive, massive place. So, I mean, tons of people are seeing it. What did you think? Oh, 100%. Um, definitely something that you wouldn't think that Mizzou would get. Something more of like a blue blood program would, would attract something like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, Barstool has millions – millions of followers, puts a ton of content out, um, and definitely looking to like appeal to the younger generation recruits. Um, I mean, I understand why people have qualms, I guess, about getting in bed with, with something like that. Um, just with some of the perception, but, um, I I think, I think in general, um, I think it's, it's a win-win for, for the program exposure is exposure and, and we'll take it. Yeah. And it was kind of fun to see kind of the videos with like Odom, kind of being a human being instead yeah. of that coach you know what i mean exactly and just seeing some of the inside inside stuff there i thought the dually uh, if you if anybody's looked at that I, I think the dually conversations with the with the offense I, those are incredible oh dually's awesome i am i am all aboard the dually train especially after watching those videos uh, he just seems like a really fun kind of guy to be around honestly yeah for sure and you never you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth next but you know, in an ipso facto way, it all kind of makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Cause I mean, like you said, exposure is exposure and it's good to have that, especially when you're not the Alabamas of the world or the Clemsons or anything like that. It's good to have some exposure in different places where a lot of eyeballs are. Um, the next thing I kind of wanted to get into, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording is something that was on the rock M nation Twitter yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, so it'd be Sunday, I believe. Um, it was said, what non-QB player from the Pinkle era would you add to this year's team if you could, and why would you do that? So, Bennett, I'll let you take the first stab at that. Yeah, that is definitely a thought-provoking question there. A lot of, lot of good options you could go with. Um, instantly, I was thinking help on the D-line. Um, so I don't think you could go wrong with somebody like an Alden Smith or um, a Sheldon Richardson. Um I think those would those two would be solid picks. Man, that's what how about you? that's how small kind of minded I've been about this because I've been thinking about it a little bit. I didn't even think about um, like the D line at all, which is insane because yeah. rushing the passer would be really nice on this team <laughs> or having a bona fide pass rusher. It like, would, yeah, yeah like just because we've got a lot of guys, a lot of young talent, a lot of guy unproven guys that I think will have good years this year. But there's really that. We're, we're lacking that kind of senior, um, that senior, um, experience, you know? right. You, especially that, especially on the edge, because you have the interior pressure and everything like that, but the edge rusher is what you not really getting. And that was, that's something Alden Smith is 
was known to uh, do pretty well, I would say. Yeah, just just a little bit before he uh, jumped off the deep end. Um, right. Hoping he's, uh, he's doing better these days, but... No kidding. I think... <laughs> this has been tough for me. I think I would honestly take someone like... This is really weird. I would take someone like an EJ Gaines, honestly. I mean, because EJ was a kind of a ball-hawking cornerback and that's you know causing to yeah. I do think Mizzou's secondary is gonna be solid this year. But I do think someone like an EJ Gaines or a Willie Moe would be really great on this team to have. Willie so it's funny you say that William Moore was probably my my instinctual pick, but then mm-hmm. just thinking about where we're gonna need the most help this year, I went D line, but I would have loved to see William Moore play in the SEC. That guy was a baller. Um, oh yeah. I was just curious and looking up some of his stats last night in college. I mean, I think a year when he was first team All American in 07, um, when we got to number one, it was like he had, I want to say like 120, 30 tackles, eight, eight interceptions, a couple sacks, tackles for loss for a safety. I mean, he was everywhere. He's everywhere. Um, so. And then he had a decent career in the NFL too. He hung around mm-hmm. there for about 10 years, which is hard to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think those those are the two I'd go with. I mean, it's a good question though for sure. Um, so if you have not weighed in on that yet, uh, go to Rockham Nation's Twitter, check that out. Give us give us your thoughts. Let us know why. Um, the next thing, kind of on the docket here, is um, some camp storylines. So outside of Mizzou being Mizzou, everyone's prepared for the worst always. So the news that came by like uh, last week sometime that Kelly Bryant and Albert O had exited practice a little bit early with some with minor dings your thoughts after you saw that um definitely one of those things where you know you're scrolling through the twitter feed during the day and uh whoa what was that um you know heart kind of skips a beat there for a second but um i think you know i don't think there's really much to worry about knock on wood they're back back in practice the next couple days but um definitely something i think albert o um i don't you know give that guy a little bit of rest. I know we've got some other young tight ends that could also get some experience too in camp. Um, I think, mm-hmm. he, I think he's a guy that probably not necessarily a practice guy. You could probably just line him up on Saturday and he's, you're going to get what you get out of him. Um, you know, don't, don't run him other than camp. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Just as long as he's on the same page as KB, I think yeah. then yeah, let him roll out there and go at this point, honestly. Exactly. Um, some other storylines basically coming out. Uh, I know that you were intrigued kind of with like the – well, now because Sean Robinson was ruled ineligible for whatever reason after every other yeah. transfer was ruled eligible. That chalked that up to the NCAA again. And then um, – so backup quarterback, who do you kind of – who do you want to be the backup quarterback and who do you kind of think will be the backup quarterback? Yeah, um, it's it's an interesting pick of a lot, right? So you've got Taylor Powell. Um, was it Lindsey Scott? A little bit. Lindsey Scott. Lindsey Scott. Um, yeah. I don't even know if Michael Wilson. I, they talked about. Oh, he's out of wide receiver now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor. I know we've got. It, I'm gonna probably butcher his last name, but Connor Bazelik. Um, yeah, Bozalik yeah, or something like that. Yeah, he's a true freshman guy so. out of Ohio. That is pretty intriguing. Um, yeah, I you know I don't know a whole lot other than just you know kind of where those guys were at in high school and how they perform at the high school level. Um, Taylor Powell, I've heard some good things about him. Um, 
definitely would have been one of those things that it would have been nice to have Sean Robinson, you know, for some mop up duty, get him some experience and groom him to, to be the guy next year. Um, but of course the NCAA, like you mentioned, um, Mm-hmm. I would, you know, I'd like to see Taylor Powell in there. Um, I've heard he's probably right. of those guys, uh, excluding Sean Robinson. I've heard he's probably near the top, but um, will definitely be interesting to see if um, Basilak um, gains some traction and and you know burns they burn a red shirt on him. Yeah, I'll be interested to kind of see how that goes too, because like you said, Taylor Powell, I think will start the season as the backup, but. I think maybe by season's end, you'll see Connor as that primary backup because things you hear about him, he's he can throw, that's for sure. And so the coaching staff really likes him, but Taylor Powell kind of has the head start because he has you know been around the program a little bit more. So, Yeah, hey, like it or not, we've had some success um, with QBs from Ohio before. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, there was one that was, that was a gunslinger. I liked it. So it was fun, yeah. it was fun when it worked. Yeah, when it works, right. it, was, it was indeed fun. Um, something else you brought up that I honestly just had not really thought about is kind of the the running back position. So yes, we have uh, Larry Three Sticks as the primary runner, but then who do you who do you kind of see as like the filling in for the um, next two spots, basically? Because you assume it's going to be three deep. Yeah, so I think especially in the SEC, um, in the midst of a long of a long season. Um, you know, running back depth is huge. I mean, inevitably somebody's going to get hurt, right, or banged up, um, turf toe, whatever the heck it might be, concussions. You want to have a steady stable of three guys. Um, you know, was hoping it was going to be Crockett, um, but he ended up bolting for the NFL. I get it. You got to take the opportunity when it's there. Um, but, you know, Tyler Beatty, probably seeing him as the second guy. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that you can throw the ball out of the backfield. Um, and then it's going to be interesting to see, you know, whether it's Simi Bakari or just the the human wrecking ball, Dawson Downing. <laughs> I think uh, with Beatty, you can, I, I hate to kind of throw this on him or anything like that, but I'm sure other people have done it. And so I'm going to do it here now too. He kind of reminds me a lot of like Marcus Murphy, kind of that yes. ultimate kind of joystick utility, do whatever you need him to do, kind of run, run, catch, blocking even. But I, I kind of equate him to a little bit of Marcus Murphy. Oh, I totally agree. He's he's kind of a flex guy. If you're fan, if you're into fantasy, mm-hmm. um, you know you could probably even throw him back there, and he could return kicks. So, um, for sure. And that's something too, where I was listening to just some some audio from uh, Derek Dooley in camp, and one of the reporters was asking him, you know, oh, you know, he basically made it sound like we've got all this depth at running back, and Derek Dooley said, "What depth?" Um, you know, we got Larry, um, but up, up until that, you know, we've got Tyler who's, who's great, but he and Simi are both sophomores. Um, it's not like we've Mm -hmm. got a ton of experience there. So that's definitely going to be interesting to see, you know, who, who comes up from that. Um, so definitely something to watch. And then something we kind of touched on last episode and everything, but with the receivers, cause obviously KB has got to throw the ball to somebody. Um, he's a mobile quarterback. We'll get to that after we touch on these receivers, but Outside of kind of, I mean, Nance, you assume with the, being a transfer, he's gonna he's gonna start. Um, he looks good and everything like that. And then you have yeah. Jonathan Johnson, who's quietly climbing the Mizzou record books. Um, but then, who do you who is gonna be that next guy to kind of take the step? Because you need more than two. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Definitely. Um, yeah, I feel like we've, that we've got a lot of talent in there. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see what cream rises to the top. Um, you know, we've got a couple freshmen that were highly rated. Um, CJ Boone. Uh, I believe it's Maurice Massey. who mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a video of him today making some unreal catch in camp. They're saying he's looking good. Jacinto kind of came on there at the end last year too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think low key Barrett Bannister could be, you know, sneaky good. I like Bannister, receiver especially in the possession. Yeah. Um, and then also is, is Alex Afadale going to factor in, um, you know, the Como native, um, you know, big time recruit kind of spurned us for Oregon. Um, I think he got it, fell in love with him. You know, he's got some talent too. So he's back on, on, uh, on our squad. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who is going to, who's going to come about from that. And I also think it's going to be interesting to see if Jalen Knox and Cam Scott take that next step. Um, Cause they yeah. showed flashes last year in Emmanuel Hall's absence and everything like that with, they also had Drew Locke back there. Who's a talented deep ball thrower and they're kind of burners. So it'll be interesting to see if they I'll be interested to see if they take that next step because if they do, all of a sudden your receivers are looking pretty good and pretty deep. Definitely. Um and I, yeah, I honestly it's weird. I, I don't know why I blanked on Knox there. That's a, that's another guy that um very talented and, and just looking at the the roster right now, something that's interesting, we really don't have a lot of tall receivers. Um mm-hmm. so we got a couple guys in there. I know like Justin Smith is a name that I've heard a bunch of people talk about the last couple of years. Who's like a six, seven guy, but I've mm-hmm. never, he's never seen the field. So you wonder if they'll put that guy in like a goal line package. Um, I mean, think about that. You got him, he's six, seven, you throw him out there with Albert O and like Messiah Swinson um, and some of these other tight ends that are like six, five plus that's a mm-hmm. lot of height out there. So uh, you've got, you've got options. It's just, it's just a matter of who's going to show out in camp and, and get it done. I think as we kind of look at the offense and everything, the thing that's going to look a lot different this year than having Drew Locke back there because Kelly is not the talented deep ball thrower that Drew Locke is. Not many people are. But what Kelly brings to the field that Locke might have not, one, there's a leadership aspect, Not no knock against Locke, but Kelly looks like he's kind of more of a born leader. And then you have – his mobility. His mobility is going to extend plays and have kind of those, I don't want to necessarily say schoolyard plays, but basically when it breaks down, he's going to be able to get you either a first down, some yards, maybe break off a big run, or keep the play running for your receiver to get open and kind of break off the route. So it's kind of, it's something that's interesting to me. Um, what do you think, how do you think Kelly Kelly Bryant's mobility is going to really help Mizzou this year? Yeah, I um I don't think he's necessarily going to be like a Brad Smith type guy who, you know, who's going to have multiple like 100-yard rushing games. Um I think he's capable, but I think they really want him, especially from a development standpoint, I think they want him to stand in the pocket more and develop more for mm-hmm. the NFL, which is his, his end goal. Um but yeah, just like you said, I mean, it is a tool in his tool shed and I think it's something that definitely it keeps 
the D backs on their toes. Right. Right. Um, and, and it could, you know, it, it could open up the deep ball or, you know, longer passes um, because they could be cheating up waiting for him to, to run and then having guys run past them the other way. So um, definitely, definitely kind of a, uh, an interesting factor that Drew Locke wasn't a wasn't a bad runner by any means. I think he's actually underrated, but I think Kelly Bryant this year um, it's it's something new that that um, will definitely be an asset for us. Mm-hmm. And um, just while we're talking about Kelly Bryant, there is a, he's been in the news a little bit uh, with his former school Clemson about a whole national championship ring and everything like that. And I don't really yeah. have much on that. I just feel like we should talk about it a little bit, but. Basically, my kind of thought about it is he was there for four games. The A&M game is a game that you probably – I mean, obviously, we saw Trevor Lawrence become the God's gift to quarterback, yep. but you probably don't win that A&M game without Kelly, I think. So, I mean, what's it to you? I understand he wasn't with the team at the end, but he also had to transfer. It's not a Jalen Hurts where he could have stayed and everything. He had to transfer because he had to save his eligibility to where he could go to the NFL. So – you can't say it was just like he left the team. He had to do that to better his career. So what's it to you, Clemson, to give him a ring? Because, I mean, he did really kind of – I mean, it's it's a small thing, but, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like Dabo could spring for Yeah, and, and it's interesting. Just just reading reading some things about Dabo and what I know about him, it just kind of seemed a little uncharacteristic. It kind of seemed like a little, like, sour grapes. Um Mm-hmm. I get because, you know, with, with the transfer rule in place these days, I can see from a coaching standpoint how he wants to set a precedent saying, hey, you know, if you want to transfer, great, but if we win rings, you're not getting it. I, I mean, I see, I can kind of see that just setting the tone there. Um, but at the end of the day, just as you said, I mean, a couple of those ball games they don't win um, without him. And, it seems like he still has a great relationship with a lot of those guys and, and probably had a huge impact on their locker room last year. So, and he had to preserve his eligibility. So I, I you know, I, I tend to think it was kind of a, a lame move, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not my call. Right. It is. It is what it is in the end, but yeah. I just think, yeah, it kind of, you might as well, like, like it's not going to hurt you. Hey, I mean, if it, if it adds a little, if it stokes the fire a little bit this year and adds a little bit to the motivation and to, to get a ring for us, I mean, Hey, I'm all for it. Yeah. And that concludes our Kelly Bryant versus Dapo Sweeney talk, <laughs> which, um, I, uh, which is, it is what it is. Like I said, um, the next kind of thing before we kind of get out of here, um, and we start talking about kind of what's on next on the docket, but is the SEC West and East, obviously, uh, Mizzou is in the East, but, there's a lot of kind of talk about what those divisions are going to shake out as, who's taking a step back, who's taking a step forward. So let's start in the West just because um, we kind of know how that's going to break down. But who kind of are your top three teams in the West? Yeah, obviously, um, Shock, I mean, um, Tua, um, I mean, probably going to win the Heisman. Um, they're absolutely loaded. You know, I saw something the yeah. other day. It was like, Breaking news, like it was like a huge news deal that they had a, a five-star freshman go out and is out for the year. It's like, you know, they probably have seven or eight other guys that are just going to step right in and, and fill the void. Like, is it really that big of a storyline? Um, this is the same pro- This is the same program that Nick Saban convinced a five-star to gray shirt. Yeah. Like, basically not enrolling classes till January to preserve a year of eligibility. I mean, yeah, they're fine. Just absurd. Um, you know, and, and up there, I – 
LSU is going to be interesting this year. Um, you know, I think I think Coach O down on the Bayou has got them. You know, in a sense, as as you could say that Mizzou's galvanized right now. I feel like they're galvanized. I think there's just a lot of buzz around them. Um, it's the, the question is, you know, are they going to actually? They've got. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on their quarterback right now. Um, the transfer from Ohio State. He had a really good year last year. Um, probably one of the better quarterbacks they've had in recent memory. Um, but they've always got a good defense. They've always got Joe Burrow. That's right. Um, I think he's pretty solid at QB for them. Um, and you know what they're going to do on defense. They've always got, Joe um, as the kids say, dogs back there. Um, and then the third team – I don't know. Auburn, I think, is kind of trending down. Um, I think A&M could be a team definitely to, mm-hmm. to look out for. Um, I think they're starting to to kind of pick things up and, and head the right direction too. I think, yeah, that third spot, I kind of have LSU slotted into that second spot just because just the, the amount of athletes they have, yeah. the running game. Joe Burrow is actually kind of what we – what a – competent quarterback should be that's always been LSU's question mark as a quarterback so if he's you know pretty competent and everything like that I think they could make a push for that second spot but I'm kind of in between this is weird I'm kind of in between Mississippi State and Texas A&M for that third spot I think Malzahn's kind of lost it I think Malzahn's kind of lost it at Auburn honestly I do I do too I do too and I mean I think you know the fact that we you could definitely say it was a was a coup that we were able to get Kelly Bryant mm-hmm. um, over Auburn. I like from all accounts that I heard, I think um, like Malzahn took like a last second stop to his house and everything, or had him on campus, and we still got him. Um, I think, yeah, I think Malzahn is definitely slipping, and I think their fans are starting to to question whether he's the guy. Right. Um, is it Joe or Jim Moorhead there at Mississippi Jim State? Moorhead, the, yeah. the Pitt State. Yeah, um, definitely a good coach there. Um, I yeah, I think the the battle of the maroons there, the maroon and whites, Mississippi State and A and M. Um, I think you probably hit the nail on the head there, vying for the, the third mm-hmm. spot. Joe Moorhead. I can't remember if we said Jim or Joe, Joe Moorhead. Part, but hey, yeah, I think I think that's a solid program at Mississippi State. But then we, by the way, the Tigers travel to Stark Vegas in 2020. So everyone, mark your calendars now. We're going. Um, hey, Stark Vegas. So I think with the uh, so with the East, and I'm gonna try to take out my absolute homerism here, just because I'm. I think you have to slot Georgia in at, at number one, no matter what. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. I mean, as as we said, as cautiously optimistic as we are, um, I mean, Jake Fromm, I think, is the real deal. Um, you know, their defense is always stout. Um, they've got some playmakers on offense. I think, I think Kirby smart is probably the second best coach in the league. Um, you know, being the Saban disciple, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you have to put them up there at number one. Yeah. And then, so two and three for me get a little bit muddy. I'm, I don't think Florida's that good. I don't either. I mean, yeah, Florida's always kind of got this hype around them. It's the same thing with Tennessee and in years past, like sure. Florida has been ranked high, but I mean, in terms of Mizzou, Mizzou's kind of just housed them the last couple of years. So I don't understand how they're kind of bringing back a mediocre quarterback and they just weren't all that great last year. But here they are. Everyone kind of has them slotted in as like a, as like the second best team in the East and a sleeper in the SEC. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, I mean, Florida's going to Florida. I think they'll definitely be a bowl team, and they probably get up to eight, nine mm-hmm. wins. But, yeah, Felipe Franks just doesn't do it for me at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not scare me at all. No, we got him at home. Um, and I don't, I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but I want to say they've got a gauntlet of like three or four games in a row. Um, they also open the season against Miami, yeah. which I mean, sure, Miami's rebuilding, but it's still they still have athletes. Yeah, they I, I think they've got a pretty tough schedule, um, and yeah, just in general, um, Felipe Franks doesn't really scare me. I saw it too last week. Um, I was actually listening to the Feinbaum show. Their beat reporter, their beat writer, even came on and said he thinks they're overrated this year. So um, I would so they got that going. Yeah. So I. For me in the East, I would say one Georgia. Dare I put us at number two? Um, I think I'm going Missouri and too. Then, and then three, um, I'm going to say Florida um, with the sleeper in there. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think Tennessee actually might might be better than people think this year. I think this is so weird. I think I think Kentucky will take massive steps back just with the amount of talent they lost and everything. But I this is I can't believe I'm about to say this. I think the third best team will be South Carolina. Just I think that. But I think the sleeper team in the East, oddly enough, is gonna be Vandy. Yeah, I I, I honestly the, the thing is they lost Kyle Shermer, right? They got Keyshawn Vaughn running the ball still and he's yep. pretty good. Yep. I, I will uh, I won't lie I'm not really uh, too versed on their uh, on their depth chart so no it's fine <laughs> I mean their defense their defense is always pretty solid because Derek Mason's a, kind of a defensive yeah. guy I I don't know I just feel like this might be that ye- weird year where Vandy gets like you know I mean for them seven or eight wins or everything so it yeah it it, it could I, I think I think the back end of the the East I mean I I, I think it's it's um, there's really no bad team. Um, mm-hmm. but out, outside of Georgia, you know, I'm not sure if we really have any elite, elite teams, obviously. Right. I, it, like, um, I mean, everyone says it throughout the year and everything. And it's something new that, uh, Mizzou fans have now got adjusted to. There's not really a layup in the SEC, no matter what. I mean, there's no. just not. So, I mean, yes, Mizzou gets Ole Miss and Arkansas, but I mean, yeah, Arkansas is, well, I'm not worried about them. Ole Miss, not really worried about them, but it's still they're still Ole Miss in Arkansas. They still get good players and everything like that. Good recruiting. Exactly. And I, I'm expecting I'm expecting Arkansas to be improved this year. I mean, Chad Morris, their coach, he's got a great track mm-hmm. record. He's got a good resume. I mean, he but I mean, two and ten, I, I would really think that they'd be improved. And I, I think they did add some some transfer QB from SMU who Chad was with there at SMU. So I think they're going to be better, um, and it's on the road too. You never know about that game. Rival- rivalry, am I right? Right, yeah. Battle, line, Battle line. line brought to you by Shelter Insurance and a couple other people here and there. Um, the last kind of note right before we get out of here is uh, a little bit more Mizzou news uh, that a lot of people are excited for, I am sure, I personally am, is the alcohol. You can now drink inside games. How about that? Huge, absolutely massive. Um, I, and it's funny though. Like I was just, I was just looking at like comments on like the the official like press release on like Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Always going to be haters. There's like, oh, no hard alcohol? Question mark? Question mark? What more do you yeah, want? No. Baby steps. You know, we're 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 there. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, sorry, we're not. You know, just serving just straight shots of tequila out yeah. on the out in the 
out on the field and everything like that. I mean, I think the next step will obviously be like a beer helmet for for a Mizzou player. Maybe you know, just get some beers rocking on their the side of their helmet or something like that if that's what people are looking for. So, but I think, in all honesty, I do think yeah, I don't think it'll hurt attendance. If anything, it'll help it. I mean, oh, I think so. I mean, I'm not looking forward to paying twelve bucks for a uh, for a Bud Light, but, I will. but hey, I, I'll gladly do it. Uh, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I will every time. Back, so. back to the program for the brand. Uh, it's my duty as a true son. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, plenty of exciting things. Honestly, at Mizzou, you get the South End Zone. You get alcohol. You get beer and wine. I mean, if you're a wine person, hey. you can get wine drunk at those games if you want. I mean, exactly. And hey, we got the new statue too, which um, a lot of people are saying right. looks like like a were- werewolf. So. Um, yeah, it's got some webbed feet, which I don't know much about tigers. I don't know if they have webbed feet or not, but I mean, I think it looks fierce. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I think it looks mean. Um, you know, I'm not complaining. So I saw I I can't remember where I saw it. I saw someone said they felt bad for the tiger that was dipped in bronze, and I was like, I hope someone didn't come across that comment and take that seriously. Honestly, I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone saw it and did that. Well, it just. It's just, I just think it's funny uh, just how people can get so riled up about just the mm-hmm. littlest things like that. Um, but, you know, I think that that just shows that we are truly embedded in the SEC. You know, it just means more. That's right. There you go. Put that on a poster. Um, so that kind of does it for this episode. A uh, little bit of housekeeping and everything. There are plenty more episodes to come for Rock and Radio and the Fifth Down in particular. If you do have a question, uh, please rate rate and review our podcast. Write a question in the comments. We'll get it. We'll read it on on the next episode. Um, the plan for the fifth down moving forward, I know last episode was kind of fluid, but the plan for this one or for this podcast is it's going to be a review with just a brief preview of the next week's game. So after every game, so Sunday or Monday, uh, Sunday night or Monday night, you'll get an episode of the fifth down with myself and Bennett. And uh, we'll be recapping the game. We'll try to get some guests on. Uh, we're going to try to get some good guests this season and everything, but I think that um, that's kind of the plan going forward. And then uh, after that, we'll be around. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Hill underscore Bennett. What are you? I am at Hughes underscore you are daddy. That is, it's the greatest Twitter handle ever. So yeah, find him there and then be sure to uh, check out rockhamnation.com. We have a ton of new football writers, staff writers and everything. We're really excited about all of them. Uh, follow Rockham Nation on Twitter at Rockham Nation. And we will be back before the Wyoming game with a little preview, maybe a little guest. Um, so we will see you soon. <laughs>